podcast starts. Listeners, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the show, and if you've heard us before, welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us. This show talks about horror, horror in film, TV, other media, other items which we like to think of as adjacent to horror, and sometimes other things from our lives which we'd like to talk about, just because that's who we are. Our discussions aim to be fun, intelligent, and hopefully useful if your interest in horror text comes from a creative architect. I hate saying the word academic, our academic <laughs> perspective, but be warned, we do tend to swear occasionally. And if it's anything less offensive than the C word, it won't get leaked. So you're not going to say the C word tonight, are you, Ian? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Point well made. Uh, so we, therefore, we're probably not safe for any work you may currently be allowed to go into. Um, this is the first of our two-part finale to this series of the podcast before we go on a bit of a spring break. So we're going to be talking, casting our minds back across everything we talked about over the last year and just adding things if we, we want to add things. Uh, I am T.D. Velasquez in Greater Manchester, but you, as always, can call me Dan. I have the great pleasure of being joined by three co-hosts who have seen me and kept me sane through much of this year. Um, firstly, we have... Ian, who's currently really, really ill, but not from COVID-19, <laughs> according to the lateral flow test I've just taken. But if I sneeze and cough and generally splutter, it's blame my children because they're German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Cheshire. Bless you, Ian. And we're also joined by... Kirsty, Warrow, Tired, in Telford. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Onomatopoeic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also by... Uh, Stella in Manchester. And I'm not going to mention the weather. Excellent. <laughs> let's, let's keep away from that topic. Um because he just wouldn't be British for us to complain um, no, about anything. No, I complain. <laughs> and, uh, no, so, um, and seeing as we've been talking about how ill some of us are, I'm just going to mention Howard. Normally, we'd have a, a little bag of death segment with Howard that I could edit into this episode later. But we've not been able to record one this week because Howard's just had his COVID-19 jab and he's had a bit of reaction to it. Right. So he's, he's, he's not very well. I've just posted mm -hmm. him. Uh, a packet of Hammer Film DVDs to cheer him up. So, um, <laughs> get well soon, Howard. Yeah, get well soon. Yeah, yes. Howard. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully by the time this episode drops, he will be feeling tons better already. Yeah, so. I hope so. <sighs> well, welcome, folks. This is the first of our finale. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we started this at the start of the pandemic, and here we are. Oh, I'm not going to say at the end of the pandemic. Yeah, the well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are hoping that if we have a bit of a break, by the time we come back, maybe the pandemic will be on its way out. But for the moment, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps not. But we've, we've never missed a week. Um, it's not always been all of us, but, but the, the podcast... We'll come back has... when the next lockdown kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, just, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Well, we'll make that promise. We'll I think promise it's to our listeners that if, if they have to be locked down again, we'll be here 
yeah. to comfort them and yeah. keep them company. We are that yeah. silver lining. Yes. <laughs> I think it's important to note that, that, like, you know, Dan has not missed a week. Yeah, Dan's yeah. not missed a week. Dan's not missed a week. All That's the important bit. Yeah. Slackers. Well, I mean, um... the, the glue of this podcast. As my yes. wife would tell you, I've hardly missed a week either. She's very, she's quite glad that this will be the end for a while. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's quite, quite glad that, that you've hardly missed a week. No. Yeah, I wasn't sure where that was going. <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm going to speak to you now. No, no. But she comes in, like today, she comes in and I go, yeah, I did mention I've got a podcast, haven't I? Bye, close the door. <laughs> uh, marriage. But anyway, today we're just rambling and I'm... Yeah. In my, in my uh, black sheep ale and uh, lemsip haze, I probably won't remember. <laughs> oh, you could say anything. You like, have no memory of it. Sounds like it will help. So yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've rambled each other as well. How's life been? All right. Um, have I done anything? No. But uh, my husband did things. He was on um, Blue Peter. Wow! Oh, they just gone the one before. So if you want, does he to, have? Does he have a badge? He does have a fucking badge. Yes. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I cannot stress enough how much, as a kid, I thought Blue Peter was awful. Um, <laughs> and and when I had to watch it because he was on it, um, it's changed a lot since we were kids. It used to be very sedate, didn't it? And now it's like. Ah, it's like the big breakfast kind of shouty, shaky God, camera zooming around. Um, but it was the oh, what's it called? The Comet Relief special. So um, he had to teach the Blue Peters, Blue Peter presenters, how to do circus skills via Zoom, which is a task no. himself. And then himself and two other members of the circus house were on the live show. So if you want to have a laugh, uh, Owen. <laughs> in his work persona <coughs> and not his grumpy man persona then you can watch it on the iPlayer and it's from um yeah be the comic relief special from not the Friday just gone but the one before it's oh, wow. hilarious that's cool oh right <laughs> right I shall put that link in there I'm gonna go <laughs> <Yeah>. find that <laughs> well we I watched it um I sort of group watched it with with some friends and uh because none of us had watched Blue Peter for what 30 years and we were all just like What's going on? <laughs> why, why is everyone shouting? Where's <laughs> Simon <mean>? Groom? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that's been the biggest um, thing that's happened to us in the last few. Wow, the BBC, the BBC uh, uh, statistics people will be going. There's a weird spike amongst this demographic that's never <laughs> been attracted to. Uh, yeah. I think maybe we need to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, 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 weird horror. We fact. had to. <laughs> some of the, some, some of the skills done. he was teaching over Zoom was possible to teach over Zoom, like you know, juggling, I guess, and, and stuff. But he had to teach one of them how to unicycle over Zoom, and he was like, "Is that going to work?" And uh, no, it didn't work. <laughs> but kind I'll of just works. hold you steady with my mind. Yeah, just <laughs> do that. No, don't do that. No, do do that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I can't imagine doing anything remotely like Unison. When no. this pandemic's over, Ian, I'm sure he'll teach you. I can barely, I failed my cycling proficiency as a child and I've never really recovered from, uh, from the trauma. I was slippered by my teacher. 
for failing <laughs> it. No one had ever failed it before. Wow. He was a bitch. Wow. I'm glad she's dead. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and welcome to the horror podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to connect to, to um, Stella's uh, anecdote, I am, um, and it's Zoom related and, so, and also horror related, um, I went for a friend, uh, for a friend, I went for a walk the other day, this is how my brain is at the moment, okay. completely fried, um, went for a walk the other day with a friend and we were talking about lots of different things and um, uh, turns out she's got a me- some medium friends and sometimes they, you know, kind of do medium stuff together um, oh, and I oh. asked, yeah, yeah, no, they do, they do, they do, they do, they do, they do on <laughs> right. Oh, wow. I think we should do that. Right <laughs> Say that yeah, on do Zoom. <laughs> we get Christopher Rose on uh, on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. But no, was, I was she, I was kind of joking with her. I was like, well, you know, kind of does that work? She's like, yeah, kind of. But I was like, well, you know, you're not seeing oh, this. Are you all up for that? Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Oh, um, yes, it'll probably be the most boring episode of the podcast ever. <laughs> I don't think it will be. Yeah, until the audience. The last podcast we ever do, it'll be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Always leave wow. them wanting more. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did his neck break? Wow. <laughs> In April 2024, podcasters made the mistake <laughs> of doing a, a, yeah. a, a seance on Zoom. A year it later, knows, their recording Nobody wanted to watch it because host had already been made. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just ripping it off. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a rip-off if it's real, though. Well, no. Yeah. It's like host well, real. And you know I love a remake, so I'm yeah. all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll all put American <laughs> accents on. speaking of which right although not really but i just an hour ago i got an email from my um my agent i have an age i have an agent as an actor i sometimes say that sound grand um she's lovely (laughs) doesn't mean too much and i haven't heard from her since last march which was obviously the start of the pandemic and i think probably the last time i got on a bus or any form of public transport was to go to that audition um and she just emailed me to offer me another audition and i had to say no i can't go because it's shooting down in london and you've never got the part there'd be no way to get on a train until i have my second vaccination so but you know um it's been a bitch of a week at work as well, and it's like that. Just work of, of different kinds has just piled up, and I've had no free hours at all. Um, and and like as soon as that was finished, I got the message from my agent. I was like, I forgot I had another job. <laughs> another life you did before, yeah. 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 That's a good sign, though, right? It's you know, kind of opportunities are opening up because yeah. things are relaxing a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a lovely time. I took my uh, my my kids are up from their mum and my kid who lives with me and my wife. We all went to see my parents for the first time in August in the garden and then in the Yorkshire Dales. Oh, and nice. It was the most gorgeous, gorgeous, perfect day. It was pretty yeah. amazing, and we all splashed around. We all went wading in a in a brook in the sun. And it was pretty oh. amazing. So, uh, so yeah, we did that. And then I've come home feeling absolutely like crap. But, you know, 
roughly just move. But uh, it's been a bloody weird year or so, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the simple answer. Yes. Um, oh, by the way, Ian, I started watching <laughs> The Mad Death last night, which is oh, one of your favourites. It's amazing, isn't it? Got it on DVD. I've only seen the first episode. Did, it, did, um, did I tell you at the time? Well, I haven't told our podcast readers, but what the best reaction? Because it's just about the right level for Kelly to be able to watch it with me because she's such a wimwink <laughs> that she can watch a 12 certificate 1970s BBC um, about rabies. And she jumped so much. The bit, uh-huh. in the, car, the bit in the car park where the dog suddenly comes and is about to get the little boy. I've only watched the first episode here. But she jumped so much and her reaction was to dump an entire glass of wine in her eye. She almost smashed it <laughs> in her eye. She hurt herself and she was and her eyes were stinging with wine. And of all she watched The Exorcist and only had five panic attacks, but watching them by <laughs> death, she uh yeah. She uh, she dumped wine in her eye. <laughs> That's a reaction. Because <laughs> which is amazing, like a jump scare from the BBC in the nineteen is it nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty something. That is cool. Eighty three. <laughs> Eighty three. Yeah, the reason I mentioned it though was that uh, I was watching it with my mum last night, and when uh, you know the, the the outbreak begins and all the doctors turn up all masked up, my mum went, "Oh look, they've all got COVID." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is weird. The uh, it's a, it's a good one, um, Mad Death. It's uh, it and the parallels are really good. They're really unlike Contagion that we were talking about the other day. They really get the denial and the and the fact that people don't cooperate and everyone else thinks they're above it, especially when it comes to like everyone's pets. But there, there's an old lady in it, which I remember from being a kid, and she's such an idiot in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we should we should discuss it further because yes, and the we, end we of, will. ending I mean, of it is very it's a very very left wing piece, but the ending the ending of it is so left wing right. that uh, that it's uh, quite it's uh, it's yeah it's it's I don't know if you'd have that ending now. I think the committee of people in suits would go. No, I don't think we need that ending because um, <laughs> it is a very you know it's a very rich people are evil <laughs> um, yeah. kind of ending. Well, now I'm looking forward to it, and that's why I'm watching it, so we can have that longer conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd heard you you um, extol its virtues often enough that I thought, right, I shall do this. And, yeah, well, um, I just, I just, in a similar vein, I just, my five-year-old, I was telling him what Triffids were, <laughs> and I said, he's just been getting into classic Doctor Who and actually liking it, and I said, well, I've got the DVD of Day of the Triffids. And he watched it and was kind of scared, but also absolutely loves Triffids now. Wow. So he runs around in the garden, any pulling up plants and <laughs> with them, going, I'm a Triffid sting. I'm a Triffid sting. <laughs> so, uh, which is brilliant because Triffids are just part of my DNA. I absolutely love them. <laughs> I just love Triffids. I always love them. Can you isolate that sentence? <laughs> Triffids, yeah. I've got a stick coming out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story in our family. Apparently, when the, I mean the day of the Triffids TV version was on in 1981, so I would have been uh, zero. But apparently, my older brother used to frighten my sisters by coming into a room holding a shower head above his head and saying he was a Triffid. Yeah, I used to scare my brother by going oh like that. You know the 
you, the people at home aren't lucky enough to be able to see it, but just <laughs> from the from the titles. Yeah, yeah. Waving my hand at him and going, ooh, <laughs> and he used to burst into tears. See, I, I don't have any recollection of the Triffids at all. But it was 81, so you were, weren't born. Yeah, I was no, born. I was. I was born. I just wasn't. Yeah. But does anybody remember the, like, the, the, the tripods? Oh, yeah, yeah the, the tripods. tripods. It's I a little that. bit after that. That was my favourite show when I was five. That's yeah. the shit out of me. Oh, no, it's brilliant. <laughs> I, the, the, I, I, I was think the old tri- enough. The tripods is a wasted opportunity because I love the books. I grew up with the yeah. books, and then when the I'm older than you, so when the uh, when the show came on, talking to Simon Groom, I remember it all. It's, it all comes back. I remember Blue Peter doing a massive. Here's the city of gold and lead with Simon Groom doing the, uh, doing the, uh, you know, doing the doing the piece to camera and all the special effects and that great big dome that the. That the tri the tripod aliens live in, yeah, Big yeah. High. But yeah, yeah, no. But I, I, <laughs> in general, I think the tripod they should do it again and do it do it well because it really fell apart. It started off well. Well, um, the the reason it fell apart, Ian, and um, and, and I don't want to turn this into a tripod podcast. I do recommend <laughs> it, and I think it stands up really well. But I, I was aware of it. At the age of five, it was the first series that I was annoyed about getting cancelled because they yeah. there's three books and they filmed the first two books and then cancelled it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. even now, you know, there's just no ending, and that's the tragedy of it. It is quite I, good. I remember thinking, I'm not surprised. I was annoyed, but then it was they, they made the second series. I just I mean, I'd love to go, maybe we should do a podcast on it because I remember. I'm only watching. I'm only getting from when I, whatever age I was when it was on, ten or whatever. Um, I remember thinking, "This is really good. This is really good." And then the second season was just they've somehow made it all some weird middle where you never see the tripods and being a bit bored, and then not being that surprised that season three didn't appear. Um, I I don't know. If, I'd like you to watch it again because I don't know if you'd feel yeah. like that now. I've heard it's. To me, the second series was much better, and I've heard that it's like an example of the slowness of TV administration, is that the first series of the Tripods is quite boring and didn't get high ratings, so they cancelled it but made the second series. (laughs) The second series was much better and much more popular, but they'd already cancelled it by then. I think the the people making the second series knew that it had been cancelled. That's awful, isn't it? But and nowadays, it's literally, oh, you've been cancelled, and you hear about you know, if Netflix or someone cancel a show, and literally the lawyers come in with clipboards and start, <laughs> literally, we've been cancelled, what? And then it's like they come in and start start assessing how much everything's worth when they sell it off, mm-hmm. put it into storage and stuff. But, um, but yeah, but, but yeah, but it's weird because we're just, today we are literally just rambling about the past yeah. year and what we've seen. But one of the best things about this, being involved in this podcast is re-watching things and reappraising things. Because yeah. the thing that sticks out to me most is I would never have watched um, Bram Stoker's Dracula again if it hadn't been for this podcast. And now I, you know, now I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tantamount to almost buying a copy of it because I like it Whoa. so so it's, uh, but I dismissed it as a louche, as a as a as a louche nineteen year old. I think, especially as a man, things when you're younger, you maybe don't get the more sensitive side of stuff, so you're not that bothered. And when you get older, you realise there's, there's quite a lot going on in this, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm glad that, that you, you know, that that's yeah, you're obsessed over Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'll never watch again. Whereas, because <laughs> it's cool and everyone's getting yeah. cut to pieces, but actually, yeah. and something something that's a bit wet and girly, like Bram Stoker's Dracula, actually, you realise you're an absolute dick as a young man. Is <laughs> 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 how I see it. But uh, oh. yeah, it's, it's just great rewatching things, mm. and uh, and yeah, so maybe I will. Is it is tripods on Britbox yet? Uh, I no, not yet. No. I, I watched it a few years ago on you. It was on YouTube for a bit, but oh, right. they've got rid of it now. Um, I was going to say because I think it's on DVD. Do such a thing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm that keen to buy a DVD of the tripods. Well, seeing as I remember enough. it being a bit shonky, <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough to watch. But maybe, maybe. I just I remember. Know. I just love the books. Are brilliant. You should they read are. the books. Like, I recently the, end, the ending of the book really affected me as a child because they're so pessimistic. I've not read the third one. I recently reread the first one with my English student who I teach. Um, so reading that together with him was was really good. And also, yeah. gonna... did you suggest it, Dan? Was that is it your choice of reading? Or was it just a um, massive coincidence? Hmm. <laughs> well, could it have been a coincidence? Uh, yeah, I certainly suggested it. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, listen, right? We we just read. We've read the second book of The Chaos Walking. We've read some books oh, by... That's this really good. Uh, we've read some David Walliams. Um, I thought Ooh. I'm going to introduce this guy to the kind of thing I was reading when I was little. So, um, and I find David Walliams so boring. It's like you can hear him typing. Like <laughs> typing with one hand and he's on a calculator working out how much money he's made. Oh, with he's him. eminently slappable, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's weird you should say that. Here's a clang. When I was at a, I was at a screening, and I can't remember what, but I went into the toilet and opened the door, and David Williams was pissed out of his mind. It's when Bang. he was picking tabloids up, <laughs> and he was pissed out of his mind, and he burst into me and then fell flat on his ass and was just laughing in the piss and on the floor uh. by the urinals, laughing his shiny face off. Uh, <laughs> and I and I just went, "You're David Williams." He went, "Yes, I am." <laughs> And, I, <laughs> and then we go back to our seat. You live such a glamorous life. I know. Ian. Yeah, toilets and cinemas. That's basically because I, I did the same thing with Alan Moore years before. I not Alan Moore before I knew him. Bang. There we go. Someone else did it. <laughs> I basically I'm the sort of person that opens toilet do- opens the doors into toilets way too way too harsh. <laughs> well, that's that's a warning. Yeah. Yes. Off. yes. Look out, celebrities. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's, that's a concept for a program. My next victim. <laughs> I'll hang out, hang out in Soho and whack you in the face with the door. <laughs> um, I'd watch that. Yeah. yeah. So, Ian, you identified uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula as one of the things you were pleased that this podcast got you re-watching. Would, yeah. Would you like to mention something else that, that you enjoyed? Or shall we all bang on about Bram Stoker's Dracula for a bit? Well, I, I was also thinking, I mean, the thing that got me thinking, oh, I'll join him with your podcast, was was Grimfest. And obviously we we got to do lots and lots of cool Zooms. Uh, and it's so weird. I'd never heard the word Zoom just over a year ago. 
<laughs> I've never heard the word Zoom. Well, I think you had heard the word it. Zoom, Ian. It well, did had, exist. Yes. It was a lollipop in the 70s. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, had, I didn't know what the software was. And uh, and it was, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, I think Lance Henriksen was a bit of a highlight because it was quite surreal, that one as well, because he was on for so long. And we ended up chatting about stuff with most of the people you interview, you talk about the film. And but in the case of Lance Henriksen, he was starting to ask about the background in my house and what's that skeleton and what are those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was quite random. The, the random yeah. moment for me was when I logged onto the Zoom five minutes early to try and psych myself up and oh, catch God. up in before everyone. And I just suddenly had Lance Henriksen looking at me. He was <laughs> yeah, already yeah. there. <laughs> Uh, he, was doing, yeah. he was doing exactly the same yes. thing as you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, awesome. man, I was hoping this would be I'm so nervous. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. So, so, yeah, a lot of the things we did for Grimfest were really good fun. Yeah. Uh, we got to see some cool films and, and interview with a lot of cool people, and that was great. And I'm still in touch with Bry Troyer as a result. Like, yeah. on Twitter and things, he's a... Uh, he's, uh, He's one of those people that tweets. Not so much now that yeah. Trump's no longer president, but uh, all right. He was very much a Trump, a Trump hater. Right. Being, okay. Being a decent human being. I was going to say yeah. there are good people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. we've met. We've made lots of good friends. Uh, lots yeah, of yeah. them. Lots and, of people. Yeah, and also, who fried, fried Barry is a movie. I don't think I would have ever. I don't know if I would have. Watched it in the normal world. Maybe I would have done it if I'd have gone. But yeah. But uh, yeah. did you see the April Fool today on Twitter? Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many that I fell for today. That was one of them. Oh, God. I fell for the Hitchhiker's <laughs> I know. I know. Like... So <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? What was it was perfect. It was, it, was, um, it, was, it was basically Arthur Dent was, uh, was Robert Mitchell. Um, David Mitchell, sorry. Yeah. And, and then I, I just, I'm a, awful, but I don't know who the woman was. But then it was um, Richard Iowadi. Oh, what's his name? Richard Iowadi. Yeah, I was. I was about to say. Ford. I was about to say Lawrence Fox's brother-in-law. Um, you know Lawrence Fox's yeah. brother-in-law. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, Richard. Richard. Well, because he is Richard. Richard Iowadi as as Ford Prefect, and I and it would just be absolutely perfect. Like right, that would right. be perfect, and so, I shared it, and then went, "Oh, it's making uh, it? so what, what was the April Fool? Did they make a trailer for it, or was there it was just, like, it just showed a re- It was a really well done, like, ne- like Netflix. Netflix presents, right? Uh, uh, the second, check your the diary. one I saw this morning was um, the Big Lebowski two. <laughs> right. And then I, I looked at other comments. Other comments were like, "No, no, don't do it, don't do it." Then like, every three or four comments, it was like. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> look at the date. Look at the date. But so many people were like, no. But yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, like I said before, I cannot remember how it's one of those films that just goes on and on. Good as it is to start with, I can never remember if I've finished watching it or not. Except, yeah. I, I, I think it's a bit overrated. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched it for the first time know. this year and enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well, again, maybe I like maybe to watch I'm it on Christmas Eve and drink, and I should, and drink white Russians. That's what I do on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, maybe, I should, maybe I should watch it again. 
with the white Russian help. <laughs> the fact that that probably, that, helps. The... that probably helps the fact when the nihilists turn up and it's about what is this film doing now? But this, that's along. the point. It's, it's nothing happens. No, she's not been kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, it, there is no ransom. Maybe I just wasn't clever <laughs> enough when I watched it before. The whole point is that no, nothing has happened. Yeah. I, was I just do so love, I do love. I do love. Like it's a film that I don't love, and yet I do really like so much about it. Like, nice mama is a great, <laughs> a great line. <laughs> Talking of ransom as an oblique segue, um, did you see the Rian Johnson Knives Out news? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's real. That feels real. It feels like it's been booming for a while. Brewing, I think that was brewing. yesterday brewing. as well. Are yeah, they yeah. doing a sequel? They're doing two, two and sequels. two and three. I still oh, haven't right. seen the first one. Oh, it's oh, great. It's, it's no, great. Is it good? It's a yeah, lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, so, no, Maybe. only Dan is going to get the fact that the word ransom is a, a segue in. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. But yeah. But, uh, so, what about you guys? What have you liked from the podcast? Stella, how about you? What what sticks with you after a, a year of doing this? I'm oh, sorry. I meant to say the reason I mentioned Fried Barry is because our Ryan Kruger, our person we interviewed who directed Fried Barry, he put up Hi. a really convincing one saying that he's next he's delighted to announce his next his next project is nick cage and barry um, <laughs> and loads of people believed him <laughs> and i just i just sent a message to him saying well you know underneath just saying uh, nick cage should be so lucky <laughs> barry <laughs> nice. but, yeah. so, so what, yeah um the thing that so I was flicking through my book of notes and I have filled a full notebook of notes over the last year. And right. the one, because there's a few things that I'd never seen before, like The Exorcist 3. Um, but the one that really stands out as being the thing that I was surprised, I, mean, I guess, how good it was, how frightening it was, how much it bothered me. And it was uh, during Barty's party. Yeah, it's yeah. really sort of stuck and been like, <laughs> that's still really yeah uh, really weird yeah. and it and it's just sort of stuck in my head and got and it got under my skin again even you know we don't see anything it's just noises just the scratching and just the short contained almost like watching a a, a play it was mm-hmm. yeah i think that's the one that stands out as being the thing that i, I would never have watched otherwise i would never have Come yeah. across that at all. I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't have sought sort it out, seeked it out. I wouldn't have put it on a watch list or anything. I'd never heard of it. So yeah, that's the one that stands out as eh, I will so in that I've recommended it to people afterwards. Yeah. I think that's um a key. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm still it? I'm still gonna go and buy the rest of Beasts because I want to see yeah. the I want to see the, the ghost dolphin episode. Which <laughs> 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 sounds mental. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it is one of those that people I've always been aware of, and through my friendship with you, Dan, you know, like putting on the Sex Olympics stage stage play and things like that years ago, <laughs> I've kind of come to actually watch Nigel Neal stuff rather than just read about them in essays and things. Mm. So yeah, Barty's party was long overdue. Mm. Thank the thank the podcast for uh, yeah. I'm really glad about that that you guys yeah, liked it's, it. It's, 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 it's a masterpiece. I think yeah. Baffle Gab should do it as an audio. I could probably see an audio version of it. Oh yeah, 
totally work. Yeah. Scraping and scrabbling and gnawing at wood. Yeah. Brilliant sounds. <laughs> yeah, I think you could, you could do so much with it, uh, but it's. I, I think I think it's perfect as it is, but I also think you could translate it to any medium. You could do it again. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just really chuffed to have got people talking about it because it's yeah, kind yeah. of a little bit unknown. Yeah. Could you do a Zoom version? Could you have people speaking on Zoom and uh, some some people are like, what's going on in your house? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, I have to say, for, for me, I, I, I don't, I'm not in the habit of listening back to episodes, but I, I will kind of, I'm more inclined to listen, only because of me, I don't want to hear me, but um, I am more inclined yeah, to listen you. to episodes, um, you know, that don't include me. So I listened to the um, kind of Barty's Party one um, after having watched it, and I, you know, I think <laughs> it's a fantastic episode and a great discussion by, you know, some interesting people. Um, but, <laughs> But, but the, I mean, but the episode itself was just so unexpected. So I'm very grateful that that's you know a thing that I know I'm aware of. Yeah. I, mean, I forgot. Yeah, my my rap story. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was that was a thing in itself. It was worth the price of the podcast, which is free. So you know. Yeah, I, I would potentially recommend people just listen to it for your rap story. Yeah. I do think it's rather good <laughs> on its own. I still think about things in that story. It has haunted me absolutely. Yeah. Rats are. That's it. They are grim. They are. They're all they are, right. They are just waiting to take over. <laughs> Dan, what about you? <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, it's hard to pick one thing, and I haven't, you know, glanced back over my notes because I, I did intend to do that, but because of work and things, I just have no time to devote any thoughts whatsoever <coughs> to this. Hopefully, I will go back and, and look before next week. So the first thing on my mind is mainly when uh, the last episode we did was the one about uh, Contagion and Survivors, and I listened back to it, and um, I thought, wow, was I not even really awake? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't seem to say much that I, I thought I was going to say. I didn't even tell you guys my Survivors story of how I watched Survivors for the first time, which oh, seems to then. have been slightly relevant. Well, it's just the fact that... Back in 2004, I was working for the police and I went in on the weekend to do like three hours of overtime for a bit of extra cash. Um, at, but in that three hours, I got really, really ill, just like flu struck me. No. Um, and, and I just went to my supervisor, look, I've got to leave. Do you mind? And she went, no, don't. Well, I think it was like only half an hour before the end of the um shift anyway but she said no go 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 and I went up the hill and there was a wonderful uh second hand DVD and, and, and music store there which I hope will have survived the pandemic because it was still even though this story is 15 years ago the shop was still going very recently I think I bought my DVD of ghost stories from there um anyway I just I saw that this shop had the complete first series of survivors on VHS on separate videotapes for a pound each, you know, with like two episodes <laughs> per tape. And I just bought them all. Um, and then what, despite that, I was, I was feeling like death. And then I just went home. Um, and I, I went straight <laughs> to bed and lay in bed watching the first episode of Survivors. With I think a fever. I, yeah. Uh, it's, 
I think I survived maybe halfway into episode two, but um, possibly one of the reasons why I find the first episode so powerful is that I felt like I was dying while I watched it, <laughs> and every time I watch it again, that comes back. Um, it was, and also I think it's it's kind of led me to this place where I always associate survivors with kind of multimedia viewing. It's like smelly vision, you know. It's not <laughs> just enough just to watch it. You have to be doing something else immersive so like when they started to bring out the audio series i download it onto my phone and walk around kind of post-apocalyptic wastelands <laughs> listening to it and feeling like i was there although funnily enough when the pandemic happened i didn't watch it because i thought i wouldn't enjoy it anymore but having to re-watch re it for our podcast I realised that no, it's great, and in fact, <laughs> this is the per. Why didn't I realise this is the perfect moment? This is the the perfect kind of multimedia um, sort of immersive experience. I'll sit in an actual pandemic <laughs> and and watch Survivors. In fact, I I heard um, uh, the the actress Carolyn Seymour did a, has just released a, a, an interview CD. Um, and I heard an advert for it last week, and she's interviewed by the comedian Toby Haydock, and he says, I'm not unaware of the irony of the fact that I'm interviewing the star of Survivors over Zoom because, <laughs> because we're in the middle of, of a global pandemic at the moment. Um, and, yeah, I think I might... I might Where dive. was that interview, Dan? Uh, that was on the Big Finish website. I'll put a link oh, in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, so... Um, uh yeah and just re-watching it uh, honestly i i almost cried and i think i realized something about stuff i love that i hadn't quite grasped before by the way i never mentioned either i should have said this caroline seymour the actress was married to peter medak which says two things one we should have mentioned it on the changeling podcast um and two it just goes to prove that everything in this podcast somehow leads back to Hannibal, because of course Peter Medak <laughs> directed two episodes of Hannibal. Um, All roads uh, lead to Hannibal. Yeah, Indeed. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but the thing that I realised was that Kirsty, you remember when now we did the very early in the podcast when we did the, the episode where I kind of introduced Hammer films and, and I introduced what uh, me and Howard will be talking about. Yeah. And you and I did the preview episode where we discussed two of them, and you kind of said, "So, so what is it that that stands out to you about these movies? Is it just those actors?" And I sort of said, "Well, yes, really. Um, uh, it's it's the fact that kind of Hammer movies have a certain type of actor, and you know, we exemplify them by talking about Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. But I didn't click until I watched Survivors, in which it's Carolyn Seymour and Lucy Fleming who are doing it." And I realised it's not just uh, any particular actors, it's actors who can do this particular thing, which is be incredibly well-spoken while expressing extreme emotions. So <laughs> Carolyn Seymour is like so posh, but, um, <clears throat> and so clipped. And, uh, uh, but I completely um, believe her in that show. Um, the kind of desolation of the moment when she looks up to the sky and says, oh, God, don't let me be the only one. 
which I, I think is a wonderful line. But also, the, like Lucy Fleming, who's um, wasn't the greatest actress at the start of that series. Um, even some of her bits uh, almost br brought me to tears. It wasn't so much what I was watching it, but when, when I was editing the episode of the podcast afterwards and I had to edit clips of the show to go in there, I found myself watching the bit where uh, she's Lucy Fleming's character is ex has it explained to her by the doctor about what's happening with the pandemic. And she just says in this very um, prim but totally sincere way, she goes, but they'll find something, won't they? They'll find a cure. They're not going to let millions of people die. And I, and I just kind of thought, Are you sweet summer child. It's so naive. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's like, uh, and, and, and the message of that kind of moment is, no, they're not going to. It's too late. Um, it's far too late. It's not. It's not a case of the series is saying the government's evil or there's a conspiracy going on. They. It's just sometimes things are crap, and <laughs> there's nothing we can do. Um, and also, um, Stella, it kind of. I suddenly realised that the first episode of Survivors is a bit like the first episode of Red Dwarf. You know, <laughs> by thirty minutes in. Everybody's dead. Everyone's dead, Dave. You know, it's Dave. like they're everybody's all dead, dead. Dave. Everybody's all dead, dead, Dave. 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 You know? Everybody's dead. <laughs> you, know, you, you can I mean, you you see a few people die, but it's like if you stop and think, after thirty minutes, everybody you've seen in the previous half an hour is now dead. Even if the show doesn't tell you they're dead, like the nice station master who says everything's all gone to pot. You know, <laughs> dead. he's dead. They're he's all dead. dead. I just I think it's so stark and and brilliant and um I could go on more about it I'm not going to but there's just so many things I I I just re was reminded that I love I love the fact and this this is the last thing I want to say about survivors I love the fact that like we mentioned in the episode they never find out what the virus was so afterwards <clears throat> the survivors just refer to it as the death that's yeah, all yeah. they ever call it, and the death, the the, the stark savagery of that. I think it yeah. stands up incredibly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny because um, watching Day of the Triffids the other day, and the that that posh 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 woman, um, who's who's kind of with with the help of a with a of a tough gentleman is able to survive, is uh, is very much. And Thank God he was there. Of these, of these apocalypses <laughs> that are written by that are written by middle class, middle class British writers of that period. So it's like, you know, what makes Survivors interesting is he at least puts her centre stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and then there's <clears throat> and then and then there's, you know, so so the sort of the usual hero guy is someone they meet. You know, it's almost like third billing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, Day of the Triffids is much more traditional. Here is a man with a beard who knows how to su who knows how to survive. <laughs> and, <laughs> and well, you often you often get that thing. Uh, uh, there's a, a triumvirate with two men and one woman. You know, the Star Wars thing. At least in Survivors, yeah. it's two women and one man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's uh, yeah. it's an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, he was weirdly. Uh, for the time he was writing, Intermination had his, uh, did, uh, he was fairly right on, wasn't he? 
Um, well, apparently he even lived self-sufficiently while while writing it. Maybe oh, really? he'd eaten the good life and, and so was inspired. Or he he tried to, Kirsty. I don't okay, know how successful he was. Was he a millionaire by then? Uh, he probably was. From writing from the yeah, because he'd had over ten years of merchandise money from Daleks. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. So it's uh, no, no. Survivors was a good one to rewatch, but I did rewatch that anyway. So I can't can't put that on the podcast because uh, it's again, it's one of those ones that I lots of people like you had talked about, and I've never quite watched. I've heard people always talk about the, you know, the speech about the table, you know, yeah. can you, uh, and then people started talking about it as COVID-19 happened, the whole speech about the table with the, uh, and can you make a you candle? Might, you might be able to make a table, but could you make a hammer? Yeah. Kind of thing. And it is very much end of days. Like, where would we go to start making metal? Like, how would we go and do it? <laughs> yeah yeah so i uh, know that that was the thing that i basically when i knew we were going to talk about things from the past year and i've not had time to properly review my thoughts <coughs> it comes down to two things it comes down to saying that which i've said and also going on about Bram Stoker's dracula which i'm sure we'd all like to do more of i think maybe yeah. we should leave that till next week because i think i I'm probably going to go on for ages. Yeah. We well, did the yeah. first also, time. Yeah. I mean, they're more recent, so maybe we've just missed them, but Danny Robbins and Stephen Volk and uh, mm. been, you know, getting to meet Stephen Volk was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. They, they were both wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just slightly giggling because meet, but, you know, in 2020, 2020 yeah, means yeah. On, on, on Zoom. Means this. Well, I've never yeah. met you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not seen you yeah. in three dimensions yet. Just you wait. No, it's been pretty. Best it's almost on the toilet. It's, it's almost <laughs> the only good thing about 2020 is that you know it, people are happy to meet you in this way. They, yeah. Whereas before it was like, can you can you find them? Do you do you have a connection? Do you know mm. their agent or whatever? Whereas now it's like, do you do Zoom? Of course you do. Everybody does because we have to. So we just do it. I've got a couple of mates who are steadfastly who have managed to be like, nope, hate Zoom, not doing it, absolutely not, nope, and then just still won't. Got two friends who just won't, won't like use Zoom. A friend who won't or WhatsApp video phones, and it's just like it's like they're slipping out of life. They could do what yeah. everyone can live on their own level, but we're all so connected, old friends, and some of them are slipping away because they don't do social media or even phones. And it's like, well, I think you'll find where uh, we don't know who we, we none of us speak to you because it's just not part of our everyday thing. Mm. It's uh, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's awful on us, but we should pick up a phone and ring their landline every so often. I haven't got a landline. No, 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 no. the person who rang it was a mother-in-law, and you know, yeah, yeah, my mother. If my phone goes, it's my mum. Yeah. or it's a cold caller. Sales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I found that 2020, 2021 has really helped me embrace uh, my introverted nature. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I don't, you know, I really, I hate phone calls. I really just like, don't phone no, me. I don't like it. Don't phone me. Just send email me a text. Me. Yeah, I'll text, text. text. Yeah. Well, just, you know, if it's official, email me. Here's my email address. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's weird because for ages it was creeping in when, with Skype and things. Remember Skype? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like every so often people right. go, People go, no, we'll just do it. We'll just, we'll, we'll meet you via Skype. And in my head, I was going, well, at least I don't have to go to London. But in my head, I was going, oh, I like going to London. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Going London. to London for an hour meeting is really good because I get to be in London where I used yeah. to live and meet up with people. But, but yeah, and they'd go, oh, we'll meet by Skype. And I used to absolutely hate it. And, mm. and now it's just, you know, if somebody says, do you want to come to London? You'd be like, Okay, so why do you need me in London? <laughs> like, oh no, don't say that. I, I'm hearing across various sectors that people are going, oh no, this sort of working from home blended approach is going to stay, and I'm like, no. well, no, but I think it, <laughs> no. I, I think it is, and I think it's generally good. I mean, as a writer, one of the things everyone used to moan about was here I am again on the train, going to London for an hour to meet. Well, someone yeah, there's going to be some. Hasn't read my script in a coffee shop. <laughs> but like so for instance um remember last summer some friends bought me tickets to uh, fright fest normally i wouldn't go because it's in london and it's expensive and uh, because it was online i could watch it so mm. i think hopefully stuff like that will stay where you know film festivals conferences things like that will have a live stream at the same mm. time so you know maybe people can give papers at conferences and they don't have to come all the way from australia to give a 20 minute paper like hopefully yeah, also, that, that will stay and that will be nice but in terms of as well. in terms of work yeah and yeah. any rumblings that i'm hearing and i am hearing it across the education sector that uh, some stuff well that can just stay online can't it and i'm like fucking can't i need to go <laughs> to work yeah. out. but yeah it's, it's there's whispers of it because it'll be cheaper so yeah. Yeah, they can. <laughs> no, I mean, frankly, people are mixed. I've got a friend who's who's he's he's like he's not just in IT. He's one of those people that he's he's one of you know when he's on a, if people who know IT, he's like one of twenty people on planet Earth who know certain financial mm. programs when you know he works for the big banks and stuff. And he usually has before in the before times he spent half his life on planes and stuff. And now he's spent his entire life doing his job and everyone's gone, well, yeah, we are in IT, aren't we? And actually, we don't need to get an airplane, do we? Mm. And, uh, and actually, the people in IT should maybe have realised a bit earlier. And, and apparently, the consensus is everyone's just going to carry on working from home because it's fine. They, yeah. all, they, all, live in the, they all live in cyberspace. Mm -hmm. They consume if they need to meet. And... And that's got to be good for the planet. The planet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I walk to work, so can I go? Yeah, yeah. To work? Oh no, no, I know, I know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's sort of we're sort of winning and losing on different areas, aren't we? Yeah. But, uh, I think when it comes to education, there's an argument to be made that interact actually interacting with your students in physical sure. reality is oh, totally, yeah. pretty pretty important, at yeah. least some of the time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Especially, especially when they're adults and they're allowed. You can't really go. You can't really tell them off for like not paying attention or just turning their cameras off. 
I can, and I do. Yeah. Oh, you can, but yeah, but <laughs> and it's not the same as with school pupils where they can actually get in trouble. So, yeah, or maybe it is. Well, I'll be back in campus in September. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but um, but for me, it's uh, COVID nineteen. The first thing it did was uh, stop me being a lecturer because <laughs> I was a visiting lecturer, and uh, and after that. The end of the academic year, I finished off on uh, Teams, and then, then they basically—I uh, mean, they've just—they've just killed so many. They've, so many people across the sector have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like my my wife's an archaeologist, and she's just hearing about people that all of this at the uni <laughs> with uh, all the archaeologist lecturers like they've just decimated them. Yep. They've just mm. just before Easter, they've let people go, um, and so it's my uh, well, my job is as busy as ever. Yeah, oh no, it sounds like it was more um, stability for you. Yeah. the last time we spoke, it's kind of there's some stuff that is stable in that teaching my new module, so there's that, but I don't know how much other work there'll be, and and they don't. They don't know yet either. It's not like they're holding out on me. They're not holding, you know, hiding information from me. It's just they they don't know either. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start agitating for a, a permanent contract because I can't continue with this anxiety of do I still have a job? Because mm. I'm gonna be forty this year. I'd quite like a permanent job, please. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. But we'll see. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. There's other things <coughs> that, are yeah. nice that are going on. <laughs> yeah. Book things, writing's all going well, but yeah. I've been marking today, so that's why I'm grumpy with work. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah. Just the, uh, it was all right, though, the marking. Lecturing, isn't it? Wasn't too bad. I didn't yeah. want to cry. I had yeah, an interesting experience the other week where I found myself looking back through the papers that I did as a student at uni and I compared the papers where you know I I spent a lot of time on them I'd really put a lot of research effort in but maybe because of that I they weren't finished quite in time and I didn't have the time to do a proper proofread and they were full of errors and then I I I looked at the ones that I'd written on the morning of the submission (laughs) date and I didn't do that you know about films that I had not even watched and they had no content, but they were perfectly spelled <laughs> and, you know, perfectly laid out. And both types of essay got roughly the same mark, like 60%. <laughs> For any students think... listening, that's not the way to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not casting yeah. any aspersions, but I, I do wonder about the quality of the marking that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, they moderated. Well, well, went on rather. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. moderated. It's a while ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but my wow. university, one of the weirdest things with me is I always said it to my students: is don't be, don't be like me. Don't do all your, don't read all your reading list while you're unemployed after graduating. <laughs> 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 that's what so many of students do it's like oh i'm having fun being a student and then you're unemployed after graduating and you're like well there's all these books i bought oh 
Well, they're actually quite interesting, aren't they? I might have got a lot, quite a lot out <laughs> of university if I'd read these while I was learning. But yes. But, um, but we're, we're massively off topic. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. We're just we, chatting and reflecting. What else, what else do we talk about? I can um, talk about how uh, the there's a book that I've got a chapter in that is now available to purchase in the shops by real people. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> we ordered one. You've ordered one? Yes. Yay! <laughs> so tell so us more, Stella. It's uh, an edited collection by Stacey Abbott and Lorna Jowett, and uh, both of them are like really, really good at what they do. Big, big names in the field, in the horror academia world. Um, so they wrote a book called TV Horror in 2000 and, uh, 2011, 2012, and it was very much a historical book sort of making the argument that horror has always been on television it's just been sort of in various different guises and in various different forms different shapes and the book did very very well um and then since writing that and this edited collection obviously there's been a boom in tv horror and it's become a global product so they got they did a call for papers i answered it and my chapter is about the global spread of the walking dead as as an industrial strategy rather than, I'm not necessarily talking about the show itself, I'm talking about Fox international channels and the deal that went on with AMC. Um, but it's, it looks like a really, really good book. It's, so it's called Global TV Horror. So it looks at TV horror serializations from around the globe, as the title suggests. And the fact that it's edited by Stacey Abbott and Lorna Jowett. I've been reading Stacey Abbott's work in particular since, oh, I don't know, for a good 15 years so she always seemed a bit um just really far away from from me like I never thought I'd be anywhere near her she just felt like oh she's amazing and then I met her a few times and then she examined my PhD and then I wrote this chapter and she's edited my work and now we're friends and it's like oh awesome. <laughs> didn't, she nice. did, didn't she do a book on cult tv as well yes the cult yeah. tv book yeah yeah I got <laughs> that one around her somewhere um and then her other book, uh, Undead Apocalypse, where it's all about the where vampires and zombies are kind of intersected. And that's a really, really good book. It's got a fabulous front cover. Um, so, yeah, so I, don't, I was really familiar with her work and Lorna's work. So to work with them and have them edit my work was a privilege and a joy. And they're really, really good editors. And I learned a lot with the process. Anyway, the book is out. It's in paperback, which is nice for an academic book. Um, so yeah, anybody get it in your libraries. It's forty quid, which is a lot for a book, but for an academic book, that's not actually that bad. Um, no, so it's University of Wales Press, so they're quite good at um, not charging hundred pounds plus. If I get back into uh, if I get back into a university, I shall. I used to love ordering books. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, adding readings. Oh, yeah. That's a nice thing that's happened this week. I'm still waiting for my copy, though. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my <laughs> copy. Hannibal, Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want it, Hannibal was one of the... Uh, we could probably talk about that next time we meet, but because Hannibal is a huge subject. Um, but, yeah, Hannibal is something I probably wouldn't have sat watching. Yeah. Um, that's a good point, actually. Where's everybody up to with Hannibal? Because I, I'm still watching the end of the season two and thought, I'm going... I, I, you know when you really like something you don't want to binge binge it and ruin it? Yeah. I got to the end of season two and stopped and I haven't gone back. 
but not I'm because just at the end of season one because that's it's in the next chapter that I'm going to do on my book so I need to yeah. leave it till then because I'm thinking about, thinking yeah, about yeah. other things at the moment yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think Stella, you will like season two. I think I think that might be your season. Yeah. You're probably wise to do that though, because I think in the podcast I started doing that because so many interesting things happen in season two <laughs> that you yeah. end up one just wanting to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Season season one is kind of is good, but is very much here. Here's the show, and season two is when they start messing around with your expectations as a viewer and yeah. a reader, and and it works for everybody, which I yeah. think is really interesting. Because we should bring it back from when we come back in our next series properly. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I haven't watched season three. Yet. Done all my research on it and and whatnot, yeah. and I'll have I'll have more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um I, I did a, I I also um submitted a, a proposal um for a like an online conference about the Gothic. All right. Um, it's just happening as a little series, a series of live kind of yeah panels um, uh, across I don't know about six weeks I think, um, and then that's been followed up with an invitation to kind of write write it up as a proper thing, which is good. so yeah, oh, so kind of looking at um, kind of animals and the use of animal symbolism in it because it's massive in the gothic. Well, yeah, as part of well, I've, I've sort of you know cheekily framed it as you know the kind of use of what zoomorphic practice in uh, as part of the the gothic excess of Hannibal. Right. <laughs> uh, Ingenious. You, you're not going to mention Nicolas Cage dressed up as a bear in the Wicker Man. No, because oh, it oh. does it on Hannibal, but yeah, you know, just dodging yeah. that bullet. No, oh, <laughs> by the way, sorry, this is totally off the Hannibal topic, but it just reminded me for listeners on Amazon Prime, uh, you might sometimes see the Nicolas Cage version of The Wicker Man come up, and you might have a masochistic desire to watch it. <laughs> Don't, however, Don't. no, no, do do click on it because if you do, they put the 1973 version of The Wicker Man on. Oh, it's really know. weird, it's like. It's like the, 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 the people behind Amazon Prime are like, like know the truth of things and <laughs> they want to seduce people who will only consider watching modern films into going, no, this is the good one. Oh, my God, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear somebody watching that by accident. <laughs> people must like, have done. People must the, have there, must have, there must have been like, Nicholas Cage looks really different. He's a comedian <laughs> of, of an actor. That Scottish accent's amazing. <laughs> or they, they get an hour into it and go, "Yeah, this is good." But where's Nicholas? When's Nicholas Cage and Alan Burstyn turning up? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow, why is Sarah Man in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, that that, that's, that felt like a recommendation, Dan. So should we? Have, oh, yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, I suppose it's sort of was. You, okay. You're recommending the Nicholas Cage. You're recommending the Nicholas Cage. I never thought I'd see the day. Get away from <laughs> I'm recommending you click on it on Amazon Prime only in that circumstance. Is it? Because <laughs> you, but you don't want to sort of screw their data, though, do you? Like sort of expressing a desire to watch that film. Uh, well, the, what? Yeah, but they must know what it really is. They put it there. 
Well, yeah, but so, you know, I don't, I don't think they like, care though. Yeah, Amazon. I don't think the, da- the dating people probably don't give a crap. No, they probably don't. Amazon's, Amazon's attention to detail with things is very. They don't shoddy. care what you watch. Like, you watch. Whoever they get to write their copy is really, you know. Yeah. They don't have a really amazing department writing their copy. Like Netflix, you get a decent, decent, like copy. Well, they often get the year wrong. I notice. On yeah. Amazon but when it, when it comes to like when it comes to Amazon, some there's obviously some seventeen year old who's literally a, a bank of them, and English might not be their first language. Just googling stuff and writing with a massive amount of stuff to write. An infinite. I'll just write a quick appraisal of this movie I've never seen. And get it completely wrong. (laughs) Well, anyway, moving on to recommendations now. Yes, I I uh, think so. Is ticking. Yep. So, um, who wants to go first? I've already got in the Wickman thing. So, apart from, apart from, again, um, Stella's waving a book up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to recommend it. Go on then, Stella. You you take (laughs) that gap. Get in there. Right, I'm going to recommend this incredible edited collection called uh, Women Make Horror, Filmmaking, Feminism and Genre. And it's edited by the incredible Alison Pierce, who, again, an amazing horror scholar. She's been doing this for a very, 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 very long time. And it's um, got several scholars in it that I know. It's an amazing book that makes the argument or just gently points out that women have always been working in and making and writing and enjoying and being involved with horror. And each essay that I've read in it is really insightful, really good. They're looking at older films as well as newer newer texts. Um, and I got this, uh, again, it's an academic book, but it wasn't too expensive. I think it was about 15, 18 quid. I got a second hand oh, one. Yeah. But it's really, really, really good. It's got all these female names writers producers um directors editors so all you know the all the above the line workers women in horror for the past however many decades <coughs> going right back to the very very start so check it out women make wow. horror edited by alison pierce fantastic thank you so much stella's so excited about that she's holding it up to the camera for us yes. all to see clearly <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's cool. indelible nice one yeah. Stella. that's great mm. Ian, so what I were you going to say? So I was going to say, apart from the fact that, um, apart from the fact that um, Bat- uh, Battersea Poltergeist or the Battersea Podcast is done, <laughs> the Battersea you Poltergeist, did. but yes, <laughs> the Battersea Poltergeist is is currently on actual BBC airwaves every is night it? this week. Yeah, yeah, it's going out at eleven thirty p.m. Oh, cool. Scaring the Jesus out of people. At the witching hour. I haven't heard it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also, they've announced when their ninth episode is. All uh, right. Which, which is? is and, yeah, and this is the sort of thing, seamlessly, I should know. But why? Is it the ninth, ninth, ninth of April? I yeah, believe. I was going to say. That would make I, sense. I, <laughs> Friday, isn't it? I thought oh, we might need to yeah, this. It's 9.99, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 9 p.m. on the 9th of April. That's- so that's okay. not where's, where's, so where's the third line? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certainly nine and nine. Yeah, yeah. Have to say it. The, lovely, the lovely Danny. The lovely Danny. Um, yes. But also, it's uh, this isn't very horror, but it's sci-fi. Um, is I've finally the, the power of story to to make you subscribe to channels. I've I've subscribed to Apple TV 
finally yeah, everyone too. kept saying that um, For All Mankind is really good. And fuck yeah. me, it's amazing. What's okay. it called? Say that again. For All Mankind. For it's all a mankind. counterfactual account of... I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but in a way I'd quite like people to... Because my, my wife watched it with me and didn't know what the premise was. So in a way... Okay, don't, don't. So in a way, it's just really good. Just what I mean, it'd probably be impossible to even get to the page because it'll probably tell you what happens in the in the you know in the little bit of blurb next to it. But it's basically what if the space race had never stopped? Right. Um, so it starts in it starts in '69, and season two goes into the '80s, and it's basically moon bases and 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 you know, and different people winning different elections because of the space race and the Cold War going slightly differently. I'll tell Owen about it, sounds right. It's absolutely, really high budget yeah. as well. It's absolutely brilliant. So I'd, right. you, you'll definitely love it, I think, Dan. Well, uh, I, I love the sound of it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 won't, I, won't, I won't tell you, I won't, because I really would love, if it's possible, just watch the first episode and just because there's, there's, you know, surprises straight I'm away. Gonna do that. Parallel universe, but it's, it's not one of those ones that goes. We're living in a parallel universe. Oh, okay. It, it's not like it's not like um, <laughs> you know, the man in the high castle. Okay. Yeah. It's basically just here's 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 the world, and you know, you know, it's a bit different. But then it's right. got loads of cool little documentaries, um, sort of attached to it. Explaining why they, you know, why they think Reagan wins four years early and stuff like that, and there's all this sort of different things going on. Uh, Nixon loses uh, before Watergate happens. Ian, and stuff like Ian, that. Ian, stop, stop telling us the plot. No, no, no. In a way, but also in a way, that's like just a, that's a, the background. Okay, okay, okay. It doesn't focus on the. Okay. It also uses deep fake really well. Okay. There's loads of there's loads of good reasons to watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's big, high-budget American space race, uh, and I'll shut up now. Well, I'll see <laughs> if I can get a free trial without being succumbing to the temptation to actually yeah. spend money. You only get seven days. And... See, I've got it for a year because I bought a new iPad, so that's yeah, the benefits of yeah. the... Yeah, oh, I'm never it. buying an Apple product, so I'm quite happy paying $4.99. There's a lot on Apple, actually. Hate to say it. Four ninety nine is is a small price to pay for the amount of things that are on there. Yeah. What I did was cancel Brit, but I cancelled Britbox right. um, to justify uh, to justify going onto Apple. Well, that's what our friend Ross does. He only ever has one streaming service, so one gets cancelled oh, wow. and another one gets bought, and that sounds pretty sane to me. Kirsty, yeah. did you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. I have another another uh, podcast recommendation. Um, seeing as I, you know, I'm allowed to kind of go out into the world, and so therefore my listening is <laughs> listening time is it's reasonably high at the moment. Um, so I'd like to recommend a, a folk horror weird fiction podcast called The Silt Verses, which yeah. is currently um, kind of being released kind of weekly. It's on its on a, first season i hope it continues it's it's, yeah, it's it's difficult to explain what it's about it's a sort of about a kind of alternative america but it's a bit kind of american gods-ish in terms of there are different kind of deities that are worshipped and sacrificed to um in different ways um it's 
yeah, it's just really kind of visceral and really compelling um, in a kind of Cronenbergy, Lovecraftian kind of way. Um, I've been, yeah, been really enjoying it. Really nicely put together. So cool. Yeah, that looks, I've just googled it. That looks right at my alley. Yeah, I'm askew. Did they do? Was that yes? They did. Yeah. As well. I don't know. I've not heard that one to be honest. I've kind of stumbled across um, this one. So once I'm finished with season one, I'm going to go in um, and check out the yeah kind of their previous work because yeah, yeah, it is, it is exactly it's right up my street as well. That's um, another thing about this uh, podcast is we I've genuinely taken on recommendations from everyone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And started listening to yeah, yeah so that's been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll recommend it then. I think we have. We have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. It's been a wonderful chat, and we'll, I think, there's more reflection to be done, and we'll do more next week. Yeah. Before our, our spring break. Thank you Wait, so wait. much. Yes. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm not the only one who kept thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> spring break. Spring break. <laughs> um, uh, yes. So, listeners, um, that's spring been Spring also- break makes me see volleyball players in bikinis, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I I do too, and I don't know why either. But, uh, <laughs> like an American film. Yeah. Makes spring me break. see like the MTV um, hosting Spring Break thing. That's what. It yeah, yeah maybe MTV in the early nineties. General yeah. American awfulness when I heard it. Yeah, about something that I want nof- absolutely nothing to do with. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's something that's not part of our culture, and we have a very hazy grasp of what the hell it is. Oh, it's in it. our brains. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's gone yeah. into our brains by osmosis. Yes. So, yeah. so there we go. If we, if we have any American listeners, we apologise. Yes. For whatever <laughs> we've just misrepresented. <laughs> okay. My friends. Yeah, we are entirely the wrong demographic anyway. So. That's true. <laughs> what are you listening to this for? Because they want to expand their minds in. Haven't you got a keg you should be chugging? <laughs> oh, dear. On that oh, note, God. thank you so much, everybody. We'll be Thanks, back Dan. next week for more, and hopefully, maybe a little bit more considered. <laughs> Sorry, and, you and, and, and more healthy. More more general health and more consideration of, of the last year of adventures that we've had. Yeah, I'm going to crawl off and die. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Bye-bye, Ian. (laughs) Bye-bye, Stella. Bye-bye, Kirsty. Bye-bye, listeners. See you soon. You have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Kirsty Warrow, T.D. Velasquez, Stella Gaynor, and Ian Winterton. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music, and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details or visit our Facebook pages at AndNowPod or at LeeCushingPod. Follow us on Twitter at AndNowPodcast or at LeeCushingPodcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com 
forward slash and now podcast. And now the podcast stops.